can't save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I am your host, Anne Griffith. I'm feeling quite happy today and there's an extra reason to be happy because fear not. I know last time we were together, there was great concern about the health and future happiness and well-being of Russell Myers as he embarked on a barbecue building journey with his wife. But I am happy to report that the royal editor of The Mirror is here with us. He appears to be in one piece. How was it, Russell? Do you, do you want a confession? I didn't bother building it. Oh, no. <laughs> this is... I I took advantage of the nice weather for a change and we had a very relaxing weekend. So I'm, I'm still not in the doghouse yet. <laughs> but I'm sure I will be. I've been... I've, I've been... Uh, Lambasted for my laziness, so uh, I will probably have to do it at some stage over the next weekend. Perhaps okay. the saga okay. continues, basically. Oh, well, okay. Well, watch this space. Well, I have I have a week off next week, but we will have an exciting episode to bring you. In the meantime, um, I'm just finalising between two different options that are coming your way. Um, so look out for that one, and then normal service will be resumed in uh, two weeks' time, assuming that Russell is still alive after his barbecue <laughs> building exploits. But also, before we start, I wanted to um, say thank you to Karen Fuller for drawing my attention to the at Rate My Skype Room account on Twitter. Russell, I don't know how assiduously you check your mentions on Twitter, but did you know that you had had your room rated by room? Oh, really? On Twitter? Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm afraid. Go on, yeah, fill me in. It's not the room that you use when we're recording here, so it's not the one our listeners will have seen on Instagram. It's your TV room. Oh, you yes, yes, yeah, that's my kitchen. Um, yeah, sadly, it's when you had remembered to swap over the painting, so it's the proper art rather than the picture of Martin Clunes, because I think that might have got you a better <laughs> point. Anyway, the rating from Room Rater, nice bulb lamp, plant fail, art. Yeah. Well-framed, work in progress, 7 out of 10. Uh, not bad, I'll take not it. The plant, I knew the plant does let me down. But there's a, there's a, I, mean, I particularly enjoyed the comments replying to it. Um, personally, I give it a high eight. It all works out, including camera work. Smiley bay, smiley Very bay. Very good. Smiley face, if I can even talk today. Uh, another comment, how dare you, the baby plant is adorable. <laughs> uh, good shirt art colour match. So well done for your uh, signing. Sartorial elegance, as usual. <laughs> nice, uh, a nice uh, pale blue there. Um even though a plant could add some life, overall, nice, clean, crisp vibe. But before you get too carried away yourself, Tony just says, six, a push there. Oh, <laughs> seriously, so, Tony. What's going on? So I'd love to, I'm, it counts me. I've not seen it before, but okay, I, I need I'll to go a bit further back through it to see whether they've rated any of the Royals' rooms because there's been some interesting chats around those. Well, on that, because uh, Prince Charles, we'll come to a bit of this later, he was doing a sort of guest slot on a classic FM. But yesterday they published a picture of him speaking to a chap called Alan Titmarsh, who uh, was a presenter of the show. And I must say his desk was bringing me out in all sorts of uh, anxiety because it was just all over the place. Messy papers, red pen all over the sheets. There was lo- a stack of CDs that looked like they were about to fall over. Although I suppose most that's most people sort of working from home set up now, so we should all feel a bit thankful that uh, we're not the only ones. 
Well, since we're talking about this, I think mm. it's fair to say, so when I saw that at first, I was like, oh, that is a lot of, that's a lot of notes there. But actually having listened to both programs, so it was two hours each night, Monday night, it was presented by Alan Titchmarsh. It was much more of an interview. Um, but the second night, Prince Charles was presenting the show as if he was a classic FM um, presenter. So he needed- A DJ. As a, a, D, a DJ, <laughs> as the kids call it. Um, so, so I could understand him having lots and lots of papers explaining what was what and that kind of thing. And, you know, some, some days it's like when um, we do our fashion podcasts sometimes back in the day when we used to be in a studio and had the printers of the office, we'd print off bits of paper and have pictures of this, that and the other. It's an absolute chaos. Um, it was the red think- pen. It was the red pen that was stressing me out a bit. I think was, it's very severe. Yes. Uh, so uh, our friend Richard Palmer from The Express, they did a piece about it and he spoke to Dr. Chris Stiff, a psychologist at Keele University, who has written about the benefits of decluttering houses and said, it looks like the room of someone very busy with a lot of projects on the go at once. I would say it looks disorganised, but of course he may have a system that works for him. Organising and tidying is good for a sense of accomplishment and mastery of our surroundings. Completing tasks makes future tasks easier to do because we know we can do it. Of course, whether a future king needs that kind of psychological boost is hard to say, <laughs> which I enjoyed. But um, I am... I think actually what this uh, this picture did was give me another line of evidence that I might actually be turning into Prince Charles. Um, <laughs> in fact, two lines. I am a naturally messy person, as my husband would tell you, and also my boss at work, with whom I normally share a, like, a sort of a cupboardy pod thing. My desk is normally a mess covered with various things, including the maps that I've enjoyed colouring in and on various occasions with where our listeners are from. So yeah, no maps at the moment because the pens and the maps are still in the office and will be for the foreseeable. Um, so yes, it's he's messy. Um, I've previously talked about my similarity with his sort of impromptu iPad work from home setup that he had back in the day, although he appears to have just like a regular box now. It's got a bit more organized. Oh, yeah, he well, he's got a very posh holder. He's, uh, he's switched it up. Someone's got him a very posh holder. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite nice, actually. Well, we're all investing in little bits of things to improve our home offices or disco lights or, you know, very, very <laughs> things <laughs> as we go along. Um, he drinks his tea black, which I do too, although I don't put honey in mine. Um, Russell's now looking at me sceptically. Plus, I keep... Well, yeah, he does put a bit of honey... He puts a bit of honey in the jarling tea. Um... And I was about to say, and you like gardening. And I like gardening. And I have to say, I do enjoy classical music, although I am in no way the buff that Prince Charles very, very clearly is. I'm he sure you'd is... look great in a tweed suit as well. Anne. Well, uh, God, <laughs> the mind boggles. I think <laughs> next time we do, next time we do a fashion special. I mean, maybe since we can throw the throw the throw the uh, running order out of the window and just and talk about the, uh, the talk about the music now. I think, given that we've started off, yes, yes, Charles' start. way of things. There's, there's, there's some Cambridge's action to catch up on later in the show, and various other royal favourites as well. But um, certainly this. These sort of two, these two shows on Classic FM are a big, a big and unusual deal, and were were very, very good. Um, I mean, what what did what what are the lines that have kind of been picked up by other people, Russell? Well, I I, I thought there were two really interesting lines. Uh, one which was quite funny that he'd said he was um, uh, had played uh, Wagner. Is it Wagner? 
the, Wagner, Wagner. Wagner, Wagner. I didn't want to sound too Germanic, but yeah, Wagner, Wagner. Um, and then he played him so much in his car that he's one of his uh, personal protection officers had become addicted to that form of classical music, which I thought was quite sweet in how that he's, you know, Prince Charles does have that sort of personal relationship with a lot of people and it transcended into uh, into the PPO's uh, sort of music tastes that they'd spent so much time together. But um, on a more serious note, it was more about his love of the arts and obviously what is ongoing um, difficulties with the arts in, in many countries, not just in the UK, but because of the complete shutdown of theatres and uh, cinemas, pubs even, all around the countries, um, festivals being closed, this is a, a major, major problem. And he spoke quite passionately about how um, you know, music and theatre and art is all really, really good for the soul and that will play such an important part in people's lives and indeed society as a whole on loads of levels when hopefully we do come out of this crisis and we are able to open up our our theatres, cinemas, and, and have sort of music festivals and art festivals once again. It, it came across really clearly, his absolute passion for music and then also his sort of, and his concern for the industry and the people working in it. And and it was, he, like he talked a couple of times about sort of talking, that classical music helps him stay sane or, you know, keep functioning and he can't really imagine life without it and how much he actually enjoys going to see it in, in real life as well as listening to it. And then it was quite... Um, sort of poignant or pointed I guess at the end of the the first evening which was the interview night with Alan Titchmarsh where he he essentially said you know it feels like classical music helps you get in touch really get in touch with your emotions and Prince you know Prince Charles does have a reputation for sort of being slightly stuffy and unemotional and actually through various points in in the two evenings you did you, I thought you got a really strong sense in a very different way of sort of who he is he would i thought it was remarkably relaxed in the in the chit chat he was having with alan alan titchmarsh um anytime he referred to camilla pretty much it was my darling wife not just my wife it's my darling wife so i have put a request into the husband that this is what i should also be known as. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me know how it goes it was quite sweet he did also call um, the queen mum my darling grandmother so maybe this is just his his way of um of speaking and you got a sense of him being both sort of self-effacing and a little bit funny and having a bit of a sense of the absurd. So there's, um, he, and he recognised how privileged he was that he could go do extraordinary things like being, you know, he was taken to the first ever performance of the Bolshoi Theatre in the UK um, when he was a seven-year-old and you know fine it's a it's a coincidence of timing and what have you but it's it's clearly stayed with him but there was this thing apparently the, the performance nearly didn't happen because some discus thrower had been arrested in the lead-up to it like a Russian discus thrower and it became known as Gosh. like Nina in the five hats which he just thought was ridiculous and and very funny um so it was, it was, no, I think really it was, it was great and it was fascinating. I mean, I th and, and I think you're to totally right that he does get, you know, he, he's, he's speaking to a wider audience, which he has been exposed to um, quite a bit over the sort of crisis. And he's been doing sort of video messages, opening the hospital. Um, and, 
and now this is going out to to um to a wider audience and trying to share his love of classical music and obviously he's he's patron of of several uh he's got several several musical patronages so i mean i think one's the national youth orchestra london chamber um of orchestra so you, it, trying to share that passion that he's had for, as a young boy um, is is really really interesting, and I thought it, it worked really well. And Titchmar sort of allowed him to to share his his interest with well throughout the show. And not a word of gardening, which was a huge surprise, given that Titchmarsh is the nation's favourite gardener. But um, I think Prince Charles did also try to share that sense of um, the advantages he gets from being. Patron. So he talked about how much he appreciated some of the, the orchestras and the performers within them sharing music or recommending music to him. So he he shared a piece by a guy, a guy, a composer called Julius Benedict, um, which he thought probably had never been played on on classic FM before, and it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I think it's fair to say that his. Uh, his musical taste was much like my overall rating of classical music, which is some of it's quite good. Some of it I didn't really like. Uh, yeah, or, or understand. Actually, I'm just going to correct myself because that's what was the National Youth Orchestra link. That is, and that was when he was talking about Camilla, uh, because they're two of her musical patronages, and that was the sort of marrying of what he was talking about, essentially about sharing music and of sharing your passion for it will try and get other people interested in it. And that's quite um, quite an important role I think he finds himself in. And he gave some little insights into, into his family. So he said that he'd conducted a Wagner piece for Camilla's 60th birthday. So, I mean, can you imagine this is like a proper full-on orchestra and they, they've suggested to him, well, sir, you know, sir, would you like to conduct it or the conductor had done and he was very much like i mean i think this is a crazy idea it's like no 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 it's fine you can do it is it are you are you giving your husband these instructions as well that you want him to conduct a full-on orchestra for next birthday well he is far more musical than me he used to play the play the trombone um when he was younger um, so he knows the, what was it called? The embouchure, which Prince Charles was talking about as a former trumpet player. Interesting. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he's, uh, he is very musical. And as a Welshman, obviously, he can sing very, very well. Yes, yes. I'm not expecting an orchestra for my birthday, <laughs> I have to say. Um, and, yeah, so we've got that sense of, of Camilla's birthday. Also sharing a piece that was played for his wedding or at his wedding from a recording made of it, the music inside St George's Chapel for his wedding to Camilla, which I wasn't aware was, you know, kind of a thing, really. So, again, that was a, that was a piece of Russian music, which was pretty fabulous, I have to say. Um, the Russian Creed, setting by Alexander Grichininov and sung by Yekaterina Simonchuk. And he, he picks, he didn't balk at going through the massive names every now and then. Um, I think we'll see a bit, because uh, Titchmarsh, for those who don't know, and Titchmarsh is quite an, a well-known, I'd say he's an environmentalist. He's, not, he's more of a gardener, really, isn't he? But you can classify him as, a, 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 as an environmentalist as well, perhaps. Um, and I think that we, we've been speaking about this for weeks, trying to get Charles to do something about gardening and share his passions. And the, the, the format worked really well. And as you really rightly said, it was really relaxed. And that made it all the more interesting. Um, and the sort of inclusive nature of it, I hope that they will try and get him 
persuade him to do something uh, along the lines of sort of his his take on gardening and maybe what he's been up to um, gardening wise during during the lockdown. No, it'd be good. And one of my favourite pieces, actually, which was again something that I was not familiar with, was a piece that he'd commissioned in memory of the Queen Mother, and they wanted to have three different movements: one for smile, one for her love, and one for a sense of duty, which was really rather lovely actually um and there was one moment when i thought of you russell i have to say oh yeah it was the space-time continuum and it all got a bit confusing because starting his uh presenting episode and we should say actually do download the global player the episodes run there for about another five days i think i think they're on there for a week so the global player has classic fm it also has your favorite royal podcast god save the queen on there um so all the, all the best stuff all together um and catch up with the episodes and if you're not really actually that much of a fan of classical music and would rather listen to prince charles it's got a handy thing where you can skip through 20 seconds if you need to if you're if it's one that you're not really quite sure of. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment when i thought of russell was when prince charles he was he wanted to begin and end the show with two Chopin pieces, mm. you know, piano concertos. And he said um, he wrote the second before the first. I'm, I'm confusing myself even saying this. But anyway, what we know is Chopin's first piano concerto was actually written second, and the second one was written first. So he wanted to start where Chopin had started, so he started with the second one. So <laughs> if I haven't managed to confuse you with that, lovely listeners, um, then I don't know what I've done. But anyway, that was a uh, highly confusing time. <laughs> Difficult. Classical music, lovely. Um, I'm man after my own heart with his organisation skills, is that what you're saying? Or either yes. Chopin or, or Charles. Uh, now I'm even Chopin. more confused. Yeah, probably both. Both. <laughs> anyway, right. So I am Prince Charles, and and we will move on. And I am Chopin, <laughs> and there we go. Well, you don't want to be Chopin because he died young. No, because he, he 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 muddled it, and that's what I'm he muddled it. Like. Okay, yeah, fine. Exactly. Fine. Okay, now I understand. So, so what else we got? What else we got this week? What else have we got? Well, there is to look forward to tomorrow is the latest instalment of Prince William's work with football and mental health. There's a few more details of that have come out during the course of the week. Um, yes. And it's, it is an area where Prince William is prepared to give away quite a lot of himself, I think. Yeah, very much so. And, and again, you, you know, when you do hear the words Prince William and mental health, you may be forgiven for thinking what can he f- further say that he hasn't already said uh, because he's been talking about it for an awful long time now. There's big um, initiatives like Heads Together, the Heads Up campaign with the Football Association in uh, in England. Um, and now this documentary, Prince William Football and Our Mental Health, is on the BBC on Thursday evening and we've sort of been drip fed uh, a few lines from it and it's been really really interesting especially the and I don't think people will ever tire of hearing him speak about the trauma that he went through after his mother died and obviously how that has had a long-lasting effect on him and undoubtedly um, it's affected both him and Harry in in very very different ways I mean uh, a, a single tragedy has arguably shaped their lives and their characters uh, and I think we've seen an awful lot of that um, transpire over the last couple of years. And certainly with Harry 
wrestling with where he wanted to be within the family, where he wanted to be, you know, in his own family life or as, as just his own actions as a man. And certainly, um, and William is now talking about the fact of when he had children, it was those feelings, those real raw feelings of emotion that he had through grief um, that came flooding back when he had his own children. And he speaks to uh, a few you, you know, large figures in the game. There's um, former players. There was a, a former goalkeeper called Joe Hart, who was uh, you know, the number one goalkeeper, one of the number one in the world, and then had a spectacular fall from grace. And speaking about his the mental health aspect of that. Um, another former player who speaks very, very candidly about his um, lack of father figure in his in his life and how that led him through a sort of uh, a train of depression, leading to him trying to take his own life. And and William really, I think one of the real skills he has is using it his experiences as a great leveler. And you know this young lad who played professional football, came from a very, very working class background. And then you've got Prince William, hugely privileged, gone through uh, an incredibly different life, but has used that experience of his his, his own tragic uh, mother's death in order to, to try and find some common ground with people. So, yeah, definitely one to... Look out for. Um, there were various other calls that William was doing at the end of last week for Mental Health Week, but I thought one that was particularly interesting was the reflection that he did for the Church of England, not so much for what he said, which was largely his sort of mental health message of it being okay to not be okay, but because he dressed appropriately for the occasion. So he was wearing a jacket and tie on a video call. Russell, when was the last time that you wore a tie? I mean... <sighs> I think I wore one round my head during a Zoom quiz uh, game where we had to dress. We had three minutes to try and find clothes to dress as a rock star. And I put a wig on and a tie around my head that I'd found in the fancy dress box. Excellent. I mean, that is that is a real window into my world at the moment. Picture it for Instagram, <laughs> otherwise it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but apart from that, I mean, I don't think I've... I was about to say, I don't think I've worn trousers for the last 10 weeks. I, I am wearing shorts a lot of the time, but uh, I mean, yeah, new rules. There were new no rules. rules. No Work rules. from home, wardrobe. Exactly. Um, and, and Prince Charles put a tie on this week as well. He was um, for a very sort of sombre opening of the uh, Book of Remembrance for the victims of Corona. Yes, yeah, this is yeah, in conjunction with St Paul's Cathedral and uh, a, a rather... A lovely gesture that he has backed it and had quite um, a big hand in it and it will be open digitally and um, when when the churches open up there'll be a, a book of remembrance for people to to go and pay their respects to the thousands upon thousands tens of thousands of people who have died um, throughout the coronavirus crisis um, I mean just back to to what William was saying at the church Church of England I think this is you know it's it's quite a big deal because William doesn't necessarily talk about his faith an awful lot, whereas the Queen certainly would, and Charles, and it's, you know, within his birthright, becoming the king at one stage, he will obviously become um, head of the Church of England. And I think that shows him really taking these steps, not only being front and centre a lot of the time uh, recently, that shows you that he's being obviously prepared for kingship um, over the next few years, but obviously he will be defender of the faith as well and 
we've spoken quite a lot um, about what, whether Charles will take that oath of defender of the faith or defender of the faiths. And it will be further interesting to see how William takes upon that duty. And I imagine the world is changing well, before our very eyes at the moment, and certainly it will change over the next uh, couple of decades, I'm sure, and the, the attitude to religious uh, beliefs and attitudes and, and how that will evolve. So, um, yeah, well, again, I say it quite a lot, but watch this space. I, I think that's quite an interesting point. And in terms of um, the inclusivity, I guess, of, of faith today for the royal family, we saw Sophie and Edward were marking Eid at the mosque in Woking, which was the first one purpose-built in the UK, apparently, according to the um, their Twitter bio. So, you know, it was interesting to see that it was the Wessexes that were went to do that. It was also I thought it was also interesting that Sophie led with it, sort of the the welcoming opening. Well, and then I mean, I, well, what have I been saying over the last couple of weeks? I think that this is a purposeful tact by the. Uh, by the family, certainly, and and indeed by the comms team. And it seems to be working because whenever I've spoken to people to do with her charity, she's fab- fab- fabulously, uh, famously um, hardworking. She is universally liked. I think people have seen an awful lot more of her over the recent weeks uh, to do with the current crisis. And um, and it's, it's no surprise to me that she was taking a lead from that. And also, um, they were taking food parcels to this mosque in Woking at the, to mark the beginning of Eid, which was um, at the weekend. Um, and and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Certainly, there is, a, there is a gap in the market, isn't there? There is a gap where that needs to be filled, arguably, because the Sussexes have left. We're not going to see them on these shores for an awful long time. Um, and those charities that do rely on that royal connection um, will will no doubt be interested to see whether that gap is filled, whether the Sussexes still want to do it at arm's length, or whether they could potentially um, sort of do a trade of a royal. You never know whether Kate will take up more duties or whether it will be Sophie. And if I was in that position, I'd, I'd be, um, you know, biting their hand off to get Sophie involved because she already has that association with girls' education, women's rights. She's worked at the UN. She's had worked with big stars like Angelina Jolie. So um, uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of the Wessexes. And they, they seem to be a very likeable family when you've seen them do the clap for carers. Edward's doing his, um, his fancy plaque unveiling. Um, which is which is quite hilarious when he does that. So you know, I think we're going to see a few few more um, instances of them coming out. I think it'll be interesting to see how Prince Edward grows into the role because I think Sophie has always been slightly more front and centre than him as far as far as she was sort of in in the wings. But he's he doesn't he's quite like William and quite like Prince Charles, whereas Prince Harry was definitely very different and we we've never really worked out we hadn't really seen enough of Meghan to know exactly how she would evolve and what her her royal place would be and I think we got we did get some some sense of that and Sophie will be different from um how Meghan would have done things if she had carried on in her senior royal role but Prince Edward and Prince Harry are not as similar as me and Prince Charles. I, I mean, it's a bit more back to basics, isn't it? I and mean, that's that's always been the charge labelled against them or us, essentially, um, by not covering them because arguably they're. I think it's pretty evident they're not as glamorous as Harry and Meghan. That's a fair um, assumption. Um, but 
but now we we are in a different world. Maybe we don't need that sort of showbiz element all the time with the Royals. Certainly that uh, Kate and William have it, but they also have a bit more of a sort of arguably serious edge to their work, whereas Harry had always been seen as the sort of Jack the Lad, the Joker of the pack. Obviously, you know, undoubtedly, he wanted to be, be seen as more serious over the last couple of years, but um, may, maybe there'll be a bit more of a calling for a bit more down-to-earthness and, and seriousness um, within the royal roles. Um, I don't know. I, I just think there is a gap in the market. And if I was one of those charities, I, I think they could do an awful lot worse and have the, the Wessexes involved. Yeah, definitely. Big fan of Sophie's very elegant lady in country. She just moves nicely. There's just, she just does, isn't She's just good. Watch the yeah, evening video if you haven't seen it. Yeah, stress it enough. The, the, the people I've spoken to, and obviously I wrote that feature, a fairly big feature over the last couple of weeks, a couple of them, and just, just a, I spoke to an awful lot of people to do with their charities, and, and it's universal. There was never any doubt in my mind when I come back and say, you know, there's never an act. It's always uh, that she's doing it because she absolutely believes it. And she's she done it under the radar for so long. She knows the... She knows what works and what doesn't, and there's nothing. The the the, the child can't be labelled at her that she um that she plays up to the cameras mainly because the cameras aren't there. So you know she she has to get on with it. But um her her role may change, uh, and um and 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 I imagine she she would accept she would accept it if it, if the challenge came knocking. So yes, yeah, so to any of our listeners who are marking Eid, Eid Mubarak to you, and I hope you were able to mark it in a special, if different, way to how you normally would have been able to. Um, in terms of the other royals who are stepping up into lockdown activities, uh, we've seen a little bit of Camilla over the last week. Yes, yes, and more to come. And more, there what is, a promise. What time is it? Oh, there is something embargoed for a an hour from now, but I can probably tell you about it because oh, it's going out. It's going out in the next uh, in the next hour. Now, Camilla, who is obviously, um, she, she, I mean, well, you were going to talk about the David Williams, the, the, the literary aspect of that, and this yeah, is so of she, a similar vein. She's big into literacy. Um, she the bit that I'd spotted because I didn't have access to this privileged embargoed information that is at Russell Myers's fingertips. So um, Camilla was chatting with David Williams, a favourite um, British comedian who's turned to, uh, children's book author about the Queen's Commonwealth essay competition. So we're just having a little bit of a chat on there. So. Um, the world's oldest international schools writing competition, providing aspiring young writers with the opportunity to share their story and have their say on global issues. And it was also interesting because she was sort of reminiscing at the different places that she'd launched it in previously. And she, she got a bit confused about what year it was, which I think we can all um, all relate well, yeah. to. Given I, mean, I don't know what day going. it is, let alone what year it is. I'm full sympathy. So um, what's coming up then? Well, so this one, which is later today, she is joining a, uh, a host of stars who are going to be playing out the parts of Roald Dahl's story, James and the Giant Peach, which oh. is going to be quite exciting. This is happening later on this afternoon, and she is going to be playing the part of the ship's captain who spots a giant peach flyby in episode six of the Roald Dahl Story Company's star-studded retelling of James and Giant Peach, uh, which they are doing for all the children and the parents in lockdown all over the world. And uh, as, you know, modest as ever, Camilla confesses, I'm not much of an actor. Uh, And she is along taking uh, her place alongside Oscar winner 
Lapita Nyong'o, who was in 12 Years a Slave, uh, Josh Gad of Frozen and Beauty and the Beast fame. Um, And she plays the part of the ship's captain and I think opens with the words, holy cats, send a message to the queen at once the country must be warmed, and I uh, and I've, I'm told it's um it's a it's a really interesting piece, so you can check it out on online on well from the time that this goes out, <laughs> so whenever that may be. <laughs> it's a great choice of line for her as well. I think that's really funny. I was a bit concerned when you first said about this because I had flashbacks to um, an audio book that we had when we were children, and so you know, some the oldest of four children, we used to drive around in a big VW Caravelle on our on our summer holidays at various stages, and so we had these different audio books. Um, sometimes and James and the Giant Peach was one of them and I just I was, was worried that she was going to be Aunt Sponge or Aunt Spiker who went squelch that was Aunt Sponge and <laughs> squelch that was Aunt Spiker really early on as the peach headed off down the drive yeah, so, fantastic fantastic memory I'm glad it's weird how stuff just comes yeah back to you in the oddest times but right, I think we should finish up with the Cambridge's bingo jaunt, Russell, because that was very jolly, including six Joan. and two tickety boo was my famous like, favourite line of the week last week. Uh, not, um, not Joan telling them they'd not done it as well as it normally yeah. is yeah. after she won. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you get if you get to uh, Joan's age, you can do what you want. I mean, I, I totally, I'm totally on board with Joan. Um, telling them off, I thought that was hilarious. But they did um, again. This was a really nice surprise virtual visit to a care home where they um, were doing a video call with the resident of the Shire Call Care Home in Cardiff, in Wales. And um, they were just giggling their their way through it. Actually, there was there was a few residents uh, who they uh, who were listening to William and Kate doing the bingo lingo calling out five i mean we could have had a bit of fun with this because the, the first one was it's number five and eight 58 that's obviously william and kate 58 <laughs> oh a whole new set you can't mess with the bingo calls russell they are an institution i know and there's some royal ones actually that they that they missed out so uh but my favorite one was six and two tickety boo uh and, and kate seemed to have a lot of lot of fun with it so I, we had a message from um, Missy MBK. Am I missed off? She might be Missy MBSK. Sorry if I've mangled your Instagram handle, but one of our regular listeners who likes to get in touch. So always great to hear from you on Twitter or Instagram at PodSave. And you can also leave us reviews if you would like to over on iTunes and ratings because we always like to have those as well. So thank you to everybody who has been doing that. But anyway, back to the message. She says, regarding Wills and Catherine calling the bingo game, I found these bingo nicknames and I'm wondering if all these terms are commonly known and used in the UK. Will and Catherine seem familiar with them. In the US, the bingo cards are quite different and have the letters B-I-N-G-O in a grid across the top of the card and numbers beneath the letters. So one would call N52. The British version seems to be just numbers on the grid. So I am not a great, um, what's the word, aficionado of bingo. Russell, are you a regular player of bingo? Uh, no, I have played in the past, so I'm, I will, but... Uh, so I've got I'm a little test to... for you. Okay, go ahead. So you're going to tell me what, I'm going to read the clue and you're going to tell me the number. Go ahead. Man alive. Number five. Very good. 
number two, no, hang on. What are we on? Two Little Ducks. 22. He's good at this. <laughs> uh, which we need. Um, two Fat Ladies. That's the most 88. Legs. 11. Legs 11. You, are, you have played this no, before. This is incredible. You? I can't believe I'm getting all these right. Okay. Oh, Duck and Dive. Ooh, Duck and Dive. Oh, 25. Right. Russell has clearly had a secret pass that's like a Butlin's bingo card. No, because a duck is two. Two little ducks, 22. Duck and dive, number five, two and five. Okay. Goodbye, teens. Mm. Oh, goodbye, teens, 19. Yeah. Some of them. Because you're end your, your, your teens. Yeah. So anyway, uh, any other good ones? Lucky. Number seven. Yeah. Garden Gate. Number eight. Yeah. Anyway, so hours, <laughs> hours of fun. A full house. <laughs> Bingo. Oh Russell, my that was extraordinary. So apparently, apparently we have solved the answer to our listeners' question, are these commonly known and used in the UK? And the answer is clearly well, yes. It's, it's utterly bizarre. Um, the one I was actually looking for, and I've just seen in, in one of the stories I've pulled up, was they did pull out number 17, which is Dancing Queen. And apparently that is Abba's Dancing Queen has the number mentioned in the lyrics. Yeah. So that's, that's should, that 17. should have been the headline. We all missed it. We all missed it. So I mean, go. there's loads. I mean, uh, I mean, I won't, I won't, I won't go on because I, 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 I've got a full house. I've won. Yes, you've already proven your credentials. A and star. then you shout bingo. I should shout with bingo. Well, you did full house. It's fine. We understand. Uh, we will post. We will post the link. Well, it's the uh, list of British bingo nicknames from Wikipedia that we are we are looking through. Very good. Very interesting and random ones, including the sort of the background, which is fascinating. Anyway, Russell, I'm going on my holidays next week. But what have you got to look forward to from a working what, point of view? Obviously, when I say I going on to? my holidays, I mean I'm yes, you're going to the going working. to the garden. Although, uh, do you want to know an exciting thing? I do. We've invested in an inflatable kayak. Very good. We were meant and to you can take it down a... to the river. You can take it down to the river. We were meant to be going on a cruise, like an actual cruise with my yeah. in-laws uh, to, to the Norwegian fjords, but instead well, that'd be lovely. do our inflatable kayak on the river. Can you, um, can you re-plan it? What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Rebook it. Rebook it. Oh, okay. we're, work- we're working it out. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know when everything will be getting back to normal, as I'm yeah. sure lots of people are exactly. thinking. Exactly. So we will make the most of our time the best way we can. Uh, what is coming up? It's a, well, it's a, I, I mean, I didn't realise this again. It's half term this week, hence why a lot of people have taken the week off. Uh, the Cambridges have. The, most of the other royals have, apart from Charles. Charles was busy this week, but it was pre-recorded. So um, I don't know. What are we going to do? What's, what's this space, as I keep saying these days? I'm yeah, sure you'll find just making up as we go along, I think. And so are they, so... Um, apart from the bingo numbers, you know those. the bingo numbers. I mean, maybe this is my calling. It could be like a bingo shark. Oh, dear. Right. And on that bombshell... On that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, next week's episode will indeed be a pre-recorded one. Uh, two exciting ones in the works, and you will get both of them at some time. It's just a question of which one you get next. Are you feeling tantalised, Russell, with excitement as to what it I might am, be? as always. Excellent. So, um, to make sure you get that episode, then do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Russell... 
thank you for joining me. <laughs> Until <laughs> next time, and have a lovely like, holiday. Thanks. I might have had a bit too much tea already today. I'm feeling a bit, you know, been a bit, um, a bit lively. But like I said at the beginning, I think I'm feeling happy today, and that is a good and fortunate thing. So wherever you're listening, everybody, I hope you're having a day where you have some happiness and joy and you've managed to laugh along with us a little bit as we negotiate our way through the latest royal activities. Stay safe and well. We'll be back soon. And until next time. Pod save the Queen! 